Hello and welcome to episode 50 of Matchit and the Other Guy. And as ever, Kevin and I are sitting outside my home on the banks of Lake Wiley in Charlotte, North Carolina. Kevin, how are you doing on this beautiful day? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Episode 50. Now, do you count anniversaries by weeks? But there's, <laughs> I think we've hit the golden. <laughs> how fast time flies, right? We set out to do this podcast for 12 months, 52 episodes, and we're already at episode 50. It seems remarkable. I know. Wasn't it just yesterday we were talking about Guy Fawkes and <laughs> Toffee Hammers? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And for those those of you that have been with us a very long time know what we're talking about. But those that haven't, uh, yeah. go back to the pilot episode. You'll know what that means. Yeah. Is that Was that episode one we were talking that about? That was. It's Halloween because we were gracious. launching just before Halloween. So talking about uh, traditions therein. Yeah. Well, uh, so we've reached episode 50. What are we talking about in episode 50? Well, today will be a fun one. This kind of came to me uh, just as I was kind of getting ready to come on over. I said, let's do comic strips. Oh, Everybody loves comic strips. Sure, they do. Now, the question is, where you are in the part of the country, probably, I think it's kind of like how you define soda pop or Coke. Do you call it the comics? Do you call it the funnies? Do you call it the funny papers? Right. Et cetera. Yeah. Well, um, I know we always make a connection between my childhood growing up in England and you here in the United States. But in England, um, it might be generalization, and some folks may disagree, but I have never known anybody in England refer to comic strips as the funnies or the funny papers. To me, that is very much an Americanism. It would always be, again, I've just said it there, the comics or comic strips, yeah. I think it's, if you call it the funny papers or the funnies, I think that's an older term too. I think, you know, your grandparents might do more of that than saying the comics, maybe. It seems like I heard my parents, who were, as we've covered before, were kind of older than average to have one my age, but I think they called them that occasionally. Well, when you say, the comic strip then, that's how the comics, I would always say that the, the comic strip that always comes to mind more than anything else is going to be Peanuts. Yes, the, the, the granddaddy of them all. Yes, I'm pleased you said that. I've always had a soft spot for Peanuts and I'm pleased you said that. So the popularity is very popular in Britain, very popular around the world, but must have been very popular in the States, here in the States. Oh yeah, yeah, I think it's right up there with like Mickey Mouse and everything as being one of the greatest cultural icons worldwide. Yeah. I mean, and, how many uh, how many cartoon characters went to space? That's <laughs> Snoopy <laughs> did. <laughs> that's that's right. Yeah. And you know, a couple of phrases that come from come from Peanuts, good grief Charlie Brown. Yep. And rats. Yep. You know, wonderful stories. There's a little bit of trivia earlier on. Do you recall that before it was called Peanuts, it had another name? Do you recall what that was? <sighs> I have seen some of those old comic strips, and, and certainly I've seen the, the change of the characters in terms of drawings, because the early characters looked slightly different. I think the name was Little People, am I close with that? You're very close, it was Little Folks. Little Folks, Little Folks, yes. And was it L-I-L apostrophe, yep. Little, yeah, yep. okay, right, right, that sounds right. right. And who knows what, I, there, there are obviously some easily, probably some easy research you can find out why he changed. I can't remember if that was his decision or whether it was an editor was yeah. saying we need to change it to something more pleasing. I don't know, but once it made the change, it's been peanuts for you know many, many decades. And really, I think a lot of people kind of just say Snoopy too, because you know he's such an iconic part of it. Just kind of depends on the way you, way you look at it. There are thousands of other comic strips, of course there are, but Peanuts and, and the, the whole list of characters are ingrained in, our, in, in all of us, aren't they? Like we oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. His yeah. Little, little sister Sally, 
Right. Yeah, Charlie Brown had Sally as yeah. the sister. Yeah. And Lucy, Lucy Van Pelt. Lucy Van Pelt and yeah. brother Linus. Linus. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Linus with the security blanket, if I remember yep. right. Yep. <laughs> yes. And of course, Snoopy and Woodstock. And, yeah. And then you know, all, the, all the side characters, Franklin and Peppermint Patty. And yeah, absolutely. Marcy. And Marcy, yeah. And, and occasionally we would see um, Snoopy's relatives, his brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Oh, uh, he has the one that lives out in the West. Yeah. What was his name? He wore a hat and kind of had the scraggly mustache. <laughs> you wouldn't see him often, but occasionally he would crop oh, up. Oh, what is his name? Anyway, yeah. yeah. Another uh, another uh, Google search will find that. But yeah, his uh, cousin that lived out, out yonder. Snoopy as the First World War flying ace. Yep. Sitting on top of his kennel. Yep. Flying, Joe Cool. Flying the sop with camel. Yep. And, and as Joe Cool wearing, Joe yeah, wearing the jersey, uh, the, the big pullover to keep him, you know, keep him warm. Which actually, later on, um, you know, I'm a, a fan of uh, Future Armor. We occasionally see Bender wearing a very similar big woolly jersey to, yeah, to yeah. Snoopy. Probably a nice yeah. homage. Yeah, I, I would like to think so. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, you know, of course, I think everybody really enjoyed them, you know, in the paper, and and occasionally they had, I think, book compilations. Yes. But you know, things really turned around once they filmed the the Christmas special. Yes. And then I'm not sure when merchandising started, but probably before that they had some things out there but i don't can you think of hardly anything you know other say disney or something like that that's right. been mass merchandised as well to the as, extent of peanuts charles schultz's yeah. uh possibly not his characters you yeah. know yeah, yeah they've endorsed more. everything and they've had their own specials and movies yeah. and and everything and it's just and it's it's beloved by the young and the old i mean the kids but, love it but you know it's hard to find anybody that doesn't like them well Funny enough, before we sat down to record today's episode, we were talking off mic just about actors and actresses not taking themselves too seriously and that idea of self-deprecation being a good thing. Um, it's not at all damaging to one's career. I don't think when you see very famous actors mocking themselves, I think it's a good thing. But when you look at Charlie Brown, that's kind of all Charlie Brown does as the star, really, of, yeah. of Peanuts. He's downtrodden from day one. From day one, and it's just sort of that expose of, of Charlie Brown just accepting that he's got all these problems in life. And yeah. it's, that, it's that image of him, isn't it? Like, yeah. um, he can never kick the football because it's always Lucy will always move it out of the way, so he's never allowed to kick the football. And ironically, his dog goes off on the greatest adventures there ever was. Yes. That's right, yeah. Yeah, we're hearing, I'm sure you can hear it too, gentle listeners, boat on the water. There must be a fishing competition going off. On, I think, on the yeah, there are definitely professionals out there, and they were doing some filming too. Yeah. So, a couple of uh, sponsored boats came in, and they're heading out now, so making a little yeah, bit, of, bit of motor noise. Yeah. So, what other great cartoon strips are you aware of beyond? Beyond, I'm going to keep well, I, stupid, Beyond Peanuts. Well, I think, right. My favorite, I think, all time, I mean, again, you have to count Peanuts as the greatest of all time, there's no question, but yeah. uh, Bloom County. Okay. I just, I love Bloom County. It was, it was that 80s era. You'll have, you'll have to educate me on Bloom oh, County. Oh, Opus the Penguin, Bill the Cat. You don't know those? Oh my goodness, we're going to fix that. I was born on the opposite side of the Atlantic, that's the issue. I'm not sure, it's Berkeley Breathe did them, and he, he, he started, I can't say he started them but he had he was he did them in college and he was one of the colleges in texas i believe okay and i believe they started as a strip called academia waltz all right uh, or something similar to that and it became bloom county and his main characters 
His main one that everybody knows is Opus the Penguin and just this disheveled cat called Bill the Cat. And then uh, there's a, a group of kids. There's Milo and Binkley and they just, they lived in this county called Bloom County and just, he was always on touch with whatever was going on around the country. Political, okay. environmental, th any, anything that was in the news, he would bring a very satirical, funny side of it. And it was always, you know, very high in, you know, higher, higher brow humor that, you know, he brought it in yeah. and still be, was hilarious. I still remember they were live in the, in the daily paper when I was in high school. And my first uh, couple of years of high school, I wasn't driving yet, wasn't old enough. So I would get up, get ready, go across the street to my friend Sam's house. And they always let me in. And I would sit in the living room until who, the other uh, family that was coming by in the car would, would always take us. So there's always those few minutes I was kind of, you know, you're totally out of it. You got those early morning stares. You're just kind of like sitting there. <laughs> That's right. But his mom and sometimes the, the stepdad would be sitting there reading their paper and they would just chuckle. And it, it was always like, oh, Bloom County. <laughs> so they always got a big kick out of it. And then they started like the compilation books, you know, that you buy at the bookstore of, right. of so many of them put together. But that carried on for many, many years throughout the 80s. And uh, he's actually kind of, he went into retirement and then came back uh, a few years ago, I think around the Trump presidency or the Trump first run up to being elected and said he had to come back, I think, and, and just comment on all that's going on. There's too and much material that I can't Too yeah, much yeah, great material out there. And I'll see it. Like I, I uh, follow him on face or connected on Facebook. So it's on my feed. When I see it, there'll, there'll be a strip every few days or something like that. So I don't read it as religiously as I used to, but that's one of my all-time favorites. I can sit and read the books and still laugh out loud sometimes. Now, on the opposite side of the Atlantic, I wonder if you've heard of a character called Andy Camp. Does Andy Camp I was going to say that. That's my best connection yeah. to, I think, English yeah. uh, connection. Yeah. Andy Camp going down to the pub. Andy Camp going down to the pub is exactly right. And gentle listener, if you're not familiar with Andy Camp, you would see this uh, little cartoon-drawn character with a fairly prominent nose, if I remember right, but the cap pulled down. He had like a flat cap that he was wearing, pulled down over his eyes, and so the, the, the uh, brim of the cat was kind of drooped across his nose, so you never yep. really saw his eyes. Is that yeah. right? That think think of Brian Johnson yeah. from ACDC in, in uh, comic strip form, and there you've got him. <laughs> I wonder if that's where he decided to take the cat from. It, there might be a connection there somewhere. It could well be, yeah. And the, the image that always strikes me from Andy Cap is, yes, he was always down the pub having a beer, and his hard-boiled wife would always come and drag him out of the pub and then inevitably get involved in some sort of fist fight, and there'd be just this sort of cloud of dust and smoke blowing around with the occasional hand sticking out of the uh -huh. of the uh, of the cloud there yeah andy camp yep i definitely remember well and too it depends on you know where you know i've obviously lived in a few different places and different ones are picked up by your local paper right as being syndicated so you'll get a different set in every city you live in yeah as to what you know what we read in leesburg was different than what i read in knoxville and what i read in you know jacksonville yeah wherever yeah um did did they do it the same way they do it here in the States there where you'd have the daily black and white and then you'd have a, a color insert on a certain day of the week? Like here, it's obviously Sunday. Oh, uh, well, I'm not aware of the color inserts, although we most definitely used to have the uh, color supplements on, on Sunday's newspapers. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say yes, but okay. uh, yeah, but most definitely 
the comic strips would be in most national papers there would be three or four together on one page yeah uh, usually having maybe five four or five or six slates if you like individual images to tell the story um, but yes I, I imagine they did used to have the colored ones on a Sunday yeah yeah growing up I mean it's, it's been that way since probably way before my time that there's yeah. the printed ones in inside the paper on the weekdays and Saturday and then on Sunday there's the whole section of two or three or four well it can't be three but multiples of four or two uh, pages yeah. of you know pure color cartoons and usually there there are more panels to them as well but also there's the cartoonists that only work in the single panel format which is a totally different I think talent yes you, my mom always loved the family circus growing up when I was growing up she liked that one um, it's kind of tame but um, but Gary Larson with the far side was the master of those. Okay. You know, he yeah. just did the one panel and I, he goes down with Berkeley breathed and Bloom County as one of the greatest of all times in my book as well. There's many of those I still could laugh out loud at. And he did it in one panel every time. It's amazing. It was an amazing time to tell a story and get your message over in one panel. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, um, in one of the Monty Python books that came out in the seventies, whether it's the Monty Python big red book, which was blue, or the other one, which the name escapes me now. There was one comic strip in there uh, that was called The Adventures of Walter the Wallaby. Did you ever get no. to see that? No. You, I, you I was were, wondering what, you know, totally different ones you had that we had, you know? You, you will find, you, you have seen it in my house, uh, right behind where we're sitting here. Next time you go in the kitchen and have a look where the fridge is, I've... I've got a color photocopy of Walter the Wallaby oh, okay. in, in the house. But I'm gonna, it's just a one-off thing. But it was The Adventures of Walter the Wallaby. And the, the, the reason why I always find it so funny is because the cartoon, the way they draw the cartoon, it breaks the fourth wall and brings the viewer into the world of the cartoon where it's two characters and they're saying, we're being joined by Walter the Wallaby today and we're gonna be smoking cigars and drinking beer. And the next panel is them waiting for Walter the Wallaby to arrive, and the next panel is waiting for Walter the Wallaby to arrive. And it's just a desert scene slowly going over panel by panel by panel. And towards the end of the cartoon, on one page, you see a big uh, blob of black ink over the panel, which is blocking the path from one panel to the other. And so Walter the Wallaby, unfortunately, can't get to join his friends because his, his, his journey is blocked by the blob of ink on yeah. the page. And the, and the last caption reads something like, I don't think Walter's coming to join us today. But it just it just does something for me, the fact that however that cartoon was drawn was to bring the viewer and make it aware that it's a cartoon. Yeah, it yeah. works. I like when you know, they, they yeah. do something like that. Yeah. Or, and they cross, you sometimes you'll see them cross over where one artist will put the, one of their colleagues' characters in their strip for something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. rarities. And, and I know they did, like when Charles Schultz died, so many of them did homages to yes. him, you know, which were really, really good. Uh, that'd probably be a good thing to look up. Just look up all the great ones that all the other well-known animators did when to honor him. Yeah. You know, anytime something you know big happens in the world, they'll do something usually special the day after or something like that. And we both we're both fans of Family Guy. I know, and I, I know occasionally you'll see a reference and a homage to Peanuts in Family Guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And occasionally you'll see Brian the dog 
doing Snoopy's Happy Dance. I've seen that a couple yep. of times as well. Yeah, yep. you either get it or you don't get the reference, but that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny how you mentioned you know the earlier um, drawings. You know, Snoopy was much more flat. His nose was flatter. Yeah. And he just he he looked quite a bit different than he looked. You know, going into like his maybe the seventies or whatever. Yeah. He got more rounded. Yes. And, such like and that. Charlie Brown's head now, of course, is that famous ball-shaped. Mm -hmm. But in the early early cartoons he had a much more of a sort of flattened look yeah, to it. It almost, it almost looks like Stewie's. Yeah, a little more yeah, footballish. Yes. A little, Stewie's little more very fo footballish. A little bit more footballish. And I always wonder whether that was an homage back to um, uh, Charles Schultz in that, in that series. But yeah, I mean it, it, Peanuts just seems to have, like what we mentioned this earlier, it seems to have just ingrained everything in, in, in pop culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, long before its day, there, there were definitely ones, and, you know, my parents would reference them and stuff like that, and, you know, I don't, you know, there was obviously less of them because, you know, more, more cartoonists came out as the decades went on and stuff, but, you know, I think the Cats and Jammer Kids was one from way back, but I okay. never saw it in print. You know, I heard of it. And then one that definitely goes back because of, I know the movies were filmed quite some time ago, was Blondie. Oh, okay. Blondie no. and Dagwood. All right, yeah. And there was a ton of Blondie movies. And they starred uh, Penny Singleton as okay. Blondie and yeah. Arthur Lake as Dagwood. And for a while, and this was like perfect for like college age because they would show these old Blondie movies and it was like Blondie goes to work, or, uh, Blondie goes on vacation. Right. But... They would show them like on Sunday mornings, and it was just kind of that perfect, just chill out and watch a Blondie movie yeah. or have it on in the background. Yeah. I really enjoyed them. They were actually pretty, pretty funny. That's cool. And it's funny seeing the same characters, you know, all the time. And they had they and I don't think they really did it in the comic strip, but like the little boy in the movie, they called him Baby Dumpling. And but they still had the the dog was Daisy, just like she was in the comics. And in the in the comics, they had two children. A girl and a boy, Alexander, I think, was the boy. And I think in the movies that was Baby Dumpling, and he was either Alexander or Baby Dumpling, depending on the age, uh, yeah, I think. Okay. But I don't know if they ever really referenced the daughter in those. But they had the boss, Mr. Dithers, like he had in the comics, and stuff like that. But uh, so that goes way back, you know, to probably 30s, definitely 40s movies, probably yeah. 40s. I really enjoyed those. So. Uh, the, the equivalent, again, that I'm going to reference from England would be The Adventures of Rupert the Bear. Is that no. Rupert the Bear? No, Rupert the Bear that mm. I know of. Rupert the Bear has been around for a very long while. Um, they're all hand-drawn, of course, but they're all sort of that very classic-looking ink sketches. And quite a, quite a long, convoluted story would go along with, with Rupert the Bear. Uh, so rather than just speech bubbles, there would usually be a text block at the bottom of each of each panel. So you really had to pay attention to the adventures of Rupert the Bear. Uh -huh. Yeah, different different sort of character to Paddington the Bear, which is also he's been around in. Oh, he had a comic strip. I think he did. Yeah, uh, I I he might have, and I just never saw it. I believe he did. Yes. Yeah. Talking about, did he have a comic strip? The one, that, the the character that springs to mind when I ask you that question would be Popeye. Did Popeye originally start out as a I think comic so. Strip? I think he originally was, that's how he started originally, completely, as far as I know. Yes. But I never saw one, and it was like a much antiquated thing by the time I came along. By then, they'd done, you know, they'd done many cartoons yeah. and such. And really, I mean, when I was fairly young, they were heading into doing the movie with Robin Williams. I've never seen that movie. I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. Ah. 
It's one of those I can't say if it's okay. loved or hated. You probably didn't like it very much if you if you didn't give it the full chance. I just, well, I just I just never got around to watching all of it. Yeah. But you know, it's Robin Williams and Shelley Duvall, and I can't remember who the other cast of characters were, but uh, I don't know. It's probably worth a watch. Hmm. Just to see it anyway, you know. Because Robin Williams, this was early on in his career, pretty much. I mean, he was just, Mork and Mindy, I think, was on at the time. Yeah. Now, you're a big collector of most things. You love collecting things of all different categories. So how is the collector's market on comic strips as opposed to comics? I would think there, I'd love to have an original. Um, And I'm sure there's a very fervent community out there that collects original the original drawings, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, a Schultz would be very, very coveted to get. I know they're forged a lot. I know you got to be very careful with anything Charles Schultz, like a hand-drawn Snoopy or a yeah. signature, that you have to have them authenticated. I, I do know that that's out there. But you got to think there's so many of them that were all hand-drawn and submitted to the, the probably the main paper that they worked for, yeah. and then they were syndicated out from that point on. So some are worth, you know, a ton of money and some, you know, you know, are probably more easily accessed depending on popularity and age and how many they have out there. And, you know, probably like any collecting, there's going to be the Holy Grails and there's going to be the entry level. But uh, I think it would be cool to have an original something. I just never have. Yes. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. An original Charles Schultz drawing on one's wall would be a wonderful thing to have. Exactly. I do remember a friend of mine uh, uh, lives up in D.C., and he goes to a lot of, uh, like, book signings and stuff like that. Okay. And he went to, uh, being in D.C., there's there's a lot of book signings because that's obviously going to be a major city that somebody's going to hit to do one. He was a fan of Scott Adams, who did Dilbert. Okay. And he got there really early. He wanted to be first in line and such like that. Well, he got there so early that Scott Adams kind of arrived early, too. And... And he had, you know, my friend Chris had brought his books and he's like, you know, he said, I appreciate you you're coming so early and all this stuff. And he says, he says, and I don't, I don't do this for everybody, but he flipped it open and signed it, but then drew him a hand drawn Dilbert in the book. And he said, wow, you're the only one getting that today. That's cool. <laughs> so I was like, hey. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Absolutely. So I was like, that's cool. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, if I ever come across the opportunity, I'm, you know, maybe a charity auction or something like that will pop up where something is out there and along with all the great classic ones that we we've seen all the over the decades there's you know a newer crop that have popped up over the past uh, few decades more recently and uh, one of the one of my absolute favorites of the newer group you know i think he's been around since 1990 or so is brian crane's pickles okay uh it's it's in pretty much i think every newspaper that kind of thing i, I see it everywhere that i've lived recent you know in the past few years yeah um and it's mainly this old man He's retired, I guess, and his wife, and occasionally the grandson will be in it, and occasionally the daughter, who's, I assume, the mother of the grandson, and then their, their, their dog is, looks like a beagle. He's in it. But it's, just, it's the wittiest cartoon out there right now. I, I'll, I will laugh out loud on occasion with that one. Yeah. I just love his, his one-liners. That's my favorite of the newer group. It must be wonderful to draw a cartoon strip and be syndicated and think... Wow, if this continues, it gives you the freedom to just do what you love to do. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, you never, you know, you may be one that's just, it's wonderful being syndicated. I'm sure you do well. And then there's one that you go stratospheric, like Charles Schultz or like uh, uh, Jim Davis of Garfield. Yeah. The ones that just become merchandising booms. Yes, yeah. But you never, I mean, you never know what's going to click with the 
the pop culture world and become the great thing, you know. But I've uh, always heard it said, not particularly for cartoon strips, but in animation in general, the, the, the tell of a good animated character is, can you identify the character in silhouette? If you just see the black image on a white background, do you know that it is X character? Yeah. And if you can identify them, you've got it right. Yeah, that'd be a fun little quiz. Like have all the car- somebody make yes. all the cartoon characters yeah. as silhouettes and see how many you can name. Well, you can imagine. Uh, I bet there's a quiz out there. What, what? Snoopy, for example. You oh, yeah. can, there's no question. Such, such an obvious one to go to again. But I mean, you could identify from silhouette. Yeah, from a thousand paces. Yeah, and you could probably pick out Dennis the Menace or <laughs> yes, Beetle yes. Bailey or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, there's probably definitely some of the older ones. It'd be funny to look at the older ones and go, oh, I'm going to guess that's so and so. Yeah. But uh, well, talking about the going back to the one panel. Yeah. Weren't you in one that was a one panel at one time? Yes, I was. That's absolutely right. Jim Bamba, who used to draw the panel on a weekly basis for Autosport. That magazine. Poor old Jim Bamba's no longer with us. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I I was wonderfully impressed to be the subject of his artwork in in, in one of his cartoons, uh, which would have been in 1995, and it was when I was nearly dragged down the pit lane behind the back of Johnny Herbert's Benetton. And the caption reads, "It's, it's so it's the, the the gentle listener, if you're unfamiliar with this, you might be able to f- find a picture of it on." The internet, I'm not sure. It may be out there, uh, but the but the panel shows Johnny Herbert driving driving the Benetton with me hanging on for dear life to the jack at the back, and the caption reads something like "Give give the give the chaps a wave next time round, Steve" or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, after the Barcelona race in '95, and Jim Bamba very kindly sent me the original uh, with a very warm note along with it, and he said, "Steve, I hope you don't mind using." my using your story and your image on this cartoon and I said here's the original and I uh, hope you find somewhere to hang it most of my work seems to end up on the back of the bog door which is absolute a Britishism for uh, back of the bathroom door yeah 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 that's that's absolutely right yeah well remembered you remembered better than I did hey <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you're, you're forever immortalized in ink. Yeah, and I have it to this very day. It's in the house upstairs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one can only aspire. <laughs> that's right. Yes, but for many years, Jim Bamber on a weekly basis used to draw this, um, his panels, and he had this one of his techniques. We were thinking about things being very individual and how he put a unique spin onto um, artwork. And Jim Bamber's thing was. The vast majority of his characters, he typically focused on the drivers, but they would always be wearing their helmets. And so you would see two great big eyes staring yep. out from behind the helmet. And occasionally he would draw he would draw Flavio or he would draw Ron Dennis or he would draw Frank Williams or one of the engineers or team principals. And he would revert back to showing a, a caricature of their features. Yep. But the vast majority of um, his his characters yeah would be wearing the race helmets yep and occasionally and i think there's a collecting group out there that collects is like his little figurines you know from the different pit crews and, that's right that's and he did a, yeah. a whole series where there are the little race cars and all everything's really exaggerated like the, the car tires look like they're yes you know hard braking and the, the stretch they're stretched yeah and it's a very uh distorted view based on his style but you can get him with, uh, you know, Ayrton Senna's car or Nigel Mansell or something like that. Maybe probably, you know, some of the later ones as well. 
It would be a highlight of the week reading Jim Bamber's or looking at Jim Bamber's cartoons. Well, and that speaking of that, that opens up. You know, there's a whole group of, of artists that will work for a magazine. You know, yeah. they'll they'll not be in the Sunday paper or whatever, but they'll be a featured you know cartoonist and maybe have multiple multiple ones in each issue. Yeah. For various magazines, whatever. It, I think probably the most famous of those would probably be the the artist or artists that do for the New Yorker. I, th- I think yeah. I think theirs are very probably coveted on the collector market yes. know, for originals too. But I think theirs have become kind of a standard. Uh, the New Yorker cartoons have been yeah. around for forever. Of course, there's some very highbrow cartoons when I look at them, and I have no clue what the joke is when I read it. I get to the end of it thinking I don't understand what that's about. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's a, that's a reflection on my education. I think more than more than the failing of the cartoon, probably. Well, and too, in there that whole Seinfeld episode where they're like, you know, it's a Ziggy. They have this whole thing about a Ziggy cartoon or something, how it's, you know, crossed over again into one of the most successful yeah. comedy shows of all time. So there you go. Well, I, that was a good conversation. I enjoyed that. Yeah. You always pick good subjects to talk about. Spring. Who knows what's going to come out of the recesses of my brain? You never know. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed especially thinking about dear old Jim Bamber and the work that he did. And I was so pleased to um, receive his original. But beyond that, um, just talking about Charles Schultz and Peanuts and those characters is just the other the other the other uh, image from Peanuts that always springs to mind is Lucy sitting behind the psychiatric doctor's bench with the doctor is in yep yeah? <laughs> right just just five cents please five cents exactly right yeah it's just such a fabulous image the well, doctor is in well just uh, since we're we could probably talk about peanuts forever but isn't it, isn't it in the is it in the christmas special you can tell it's like a, a cultural thing of that when she goes one one of them she like turns the thing and it says the doctor is real in like is you know like a like, like groovy you know like like a cultural term of the time the doctor is real in but it sounds right and so it she does that right. that little hand-built desk that she's got there with just bits of two before nailed together and the doctor is in yep well time for us to sign off again We've reached the end of episode 50. Gentle listener, I hope you enjoyed that. And join us again for another episode of Matchett and the Other Guy. Bye for now. Bye for now. We'll see you then. Yeah.